I remember you was conflicted. All right, welcome to the first episode of Conflicting Cousins. I am Alex Davis. I am Hunter Sims. And we are cousins who have completely opposite political views on most things. Here's the backstory of this. Um, Hunter and I are cousins, and we love each other a lot. But after years of holiday meals and Thanksgivings and Christmases yelling about politics, we decided to yell at each other on a podcast instead and let all of you in on the discussions that have been tearing our family apart for the past five years, ever <laughs> since I became a liberal. But we have nothing planned for this. We have no idea what we're going to say, but we're going to roll with it. Um, so, Hunter, why don't you uh, tell everyone a little about yourself? Okay, yeah, let's, uh, let's give them uh, our, little, our little backstory as far as politics go. Um, some of my role models in politics uh, are Milton Friedman, no, um, Thomas Sowell, <laughs> uh, Donald J. Trump. Adolf no. Hitler? Yeah, yeah, Adolf Hitler. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. Uh, and uh, yeah, I think that the poor should probably die. Of course you uh, do. But uh, no. Uh, That's what I'm going to say later, don't worry. On, on the real, uh, free market, uh, laissez-faire, Adam Smith got it right kind of guy and uh yeah that's freaking that's it that's it for me right i mean yeah <laughs> it's true so right alex here yeah give yours i am a bleeding heart liberal right who's a tree hugging environmentalist no so here's the real story is that um i myself was raised a good old conservative southern boy uh in oklahoma uh, a little bit of backstory. When Hunter and I were very young, uh, we decided to write a book about conservatism called Where the Truth Stops and the Lies Start. Uh, I was probably 12, so that shows that this has been part of our interest for a long time. But um, then I went through a phase of not really caring much about politics, and uh, by the time I was 16, 17, I was primed for indoctrination. And that was perfect for when I took AP U.S. History my junior year in high school, and I had a teacher who turned me into a leftist. Uh, on the first day of class, we read Howard's Inn, and all through, all through the years, she would say things along the lines of, Jimmy Carter put solar panels on the White House, and Ronald Reagan had them removed, right? Things like that, that slowly just, like, indoctrinated us, and I am so happy that it happened. And ever since then, I've been trending farther to the left. Uh, I went through a period where I was a hack for the Democratic Party, uh, but I'm not anymore. <laughs> Don't worry. Um, uh, I'd like to use the term socialism uh, to describe you, but honestly, I don't know enough about the economic theories behind it. However, I'm a big fan of reading Marx to raise awareness of class uh, struggle, class consciousness, and oppression as a whole. Um, and so I'll just say that I'm a leftist. Uh, I hesitate to even use the term liberal these days because there are a lot of liberals I don't like very much. Um, but I'm really into reading about socialism, and I'm going to argue and act like I'm actually a socialist <laughs> just for fun. Um, but I think today we're largely going to talk about the election... Yeah, election. just because it's happening, and both of us are oh, it's, probably it's happening. It's happening, and both of us. <laughs> the are, train's coming, and if you're not on the train, <laughs> hop on the Trump train, baby. Yeah, you're gonna get ran over. No, um, but both of us are probably gonna have to hold our nose and vote for someone we don't like a whole lot. Yeah. Um, but so we're gonna talk about that, and probably talk about our ideal candidates as well a little bit. It's gonna be no shocker uh, that uh, I've been on the uh, I've 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 been all for Bernie from day one, and even from before day one. In uh, November of 2014, well before the election started, I wrote a paper for one of my classes uh, that was a presidential campaign strategy for a little-known independent senator from Vermont named Bernie Sanders. Wow. And no one knew who he was at that time except for people in the far-left circles of Twitter and YouTube like me. Um, 
I was a really big fan of him then. I'm an even bigger fan of him now, and I'm really proud of how far he's come. Uh, but so that shows that last April, when he finally declared for presidency, uh, I was all on board for Bernie from day one. Yeah. Um, I'm a huge fan of the guy. I think he's drastically changed the debate in the Democratic Party and has ushered in a good future for it if they'll actually harness the young supporters that are all for Bernie and not shun them away, which I think is actually going to happen. Um, which, oh. And we'll see a mass exodus, <laughs> and it'll be kind of funny to watch everything burn down. <laughs> film, the, film the real burn. not intended. Yeah. Um, but so let's go to Hunter, and he'll talk about what's happened with him in the election. Yeah, sure. Uh, okay, so initially I was for Ben Carson. Uh, also, just to get this out, well, this this specific podcast uh we plan on maybe doing some specific topics uh later on but this one's just kind of be an overview kind of like what alex was saying uh it's pretty much anything goes at this point as far as topics but uh no i uh, i immediately i originally was for ben carson um i i liked how he approached the anti-political correctness uh, by closing his eyes and being asleep yeah, honestly. And the pyramids were used for grain. Yeah, I, I mean that's fine. I mean, here's the thing though, it's like the guy who won thinks that thinks that who won the GOP nomination thinks that uh oh Ted Cruz's dad was part of the JFK assassination. And Bush did 9/11, which did happen. So. Well, yeah, absolutely. No one's arguing that. But uh no, and then uh, after Ben Carson uh dropped out, I was officially for Ted Cruz. Um, I think Ted Cruz should let me use his Twitter account or someone uh, who could really back when he was running. Yeah. Because uh, I really feel like, and I'm not a I'm not a campaign strategist. But I really feel like like if he just called out Donald Trump in the most like really the same way Donald Trump calls out people and just kind of stoops to that low of a level, you could see some really you'd see him rise in the polls. You see, but but the problem is that that Rubio tried that and they just started talking about dick size and it, it, Ru- it didn't work. But Rubio, here's the deal with Rubio. Because I went, I, I went miss to his, Marco Rubio. I went to his, I went to his rally in Oklahoma, and uh, again he had the, the both him and Ted, uh, really everyone except Trump, uh, had this standard politician. Like if they were, if they were, you know, quote unquote roasting uh, another politician, it seemed like it was planned a lot ahead, and it's just the delivery wasn't good. Uh, I mean that's not a political thing. That's just straight down to just humor. Their delivery wasn't very good. Well, and they didn't have the catchy nicknames, which, sorry to interrupt you, I have to say that one of the most brilliant, like, look, I don't like Donald Trump for policy reasons, um, but he's run the smartest campaign I've ever seen uh, in terms of taking advantage of people's emotions and fears and also just being entertaining. I think one of the smartest things he ever did was establish these one-word nicknames for every single candidate. Lion Ted, Little Marco, he emasculated Marco Rubio and made him look like a, like, like a small man among giants. Oh, the worst, though, the worst would have to be uh, Jeb. Poor Jeb. Poor Jeb. <laughs> Poor Jeb. No, he took Jeb's man card and he ripped it up and he burned it in a big fire and then laughed about it and peed on the ashes. Yeah. Like, that's what happened. Right with, outside Trump with, Tower. Exactly. That's what happened with Jeb Bush. And I feel sorry for the guy. I don't like him, but I feel sorry for no, him. No, yeah, I absolutely. I, I watched, I mean, the, the please clap. Please clap. <laughs> <laughs> that, poor, that poor man. <laughs> Like, someone give that guy a hug. Oh. I always joke that uh, the day after Jeb Bush finally dropped out, you know, he ends up laying in bed for two weeks, and his his family's like, have you seen Jeb? And they're like, he's been in his room reading The Art of the Deal by Donald Trump for the past three weeks, and he can't figure it out. Like, and he's just, like, laying there with the covers over his head, thinking, that, that, that mean man can't get me anymore. It's yeah. over. <laughs> it's over. He has little flashbacks. He's like, oh. and he's like, no, it's not me, Jeb. Or, it's, it's not Trump, Jeb. His wife wait, you know, wakes up after Jeb's shaking. What's wrong? Sorry, just another nightmare. 
from the Donald. Yeah, he, he's in my dreams. He wakes up, or he's sleeping, and uh, his wife wakes up to him just going, you're fired, you're fired, you're fired, you're fired. <laughs> I make deals, I make deals. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, man, a, a general topic, uh, something, something that I will respect um, the Donald on, even though I doubt, I mean, this is what, I'm going off of what he says, which can... Honestly, by the time this is submitted, which will probably be like a day or two, or uploaded, uh, will probably change. But as of now, uh, I do appreciate Donald Trump's, um, to an extent, not not the cursing, or but the outright just defying uh, political correctness. Mainly because I'm so tired, like I really am, of all these, all these, it's mainly kid, uh, college kids who... Um, I, well, I say that. It's mainly anyone that gets on Tumblr. Um, <laughs> who, uh, I agree here, I think, every little bit. Where they just expect the world to be so sweet to them, and it's, it's, it's raising. I, I saw it, and it was, a, it was, a, it was, it sounded like it was written by a moderate. It didn't endorse any candidate, but it talked about how America is producing a generation of pansies, and I'd have to agree with that. And so whenever I see kids who... Um, who get mad because they're not labeled the right, uh, how they identify gender-wise, um, just simple, and they, they demand that people don't get to do that on, on college campus unless you're in a certain safe zone or a certain free speech zone. Um, I really just want to say, dude, wh- wh- or dude or girl, whatever you identify as, why are you such a pansy? Well, see, this is where we're going <laughs> mean, to... So, okay, all right, so we're going to disagree a little bit here. Um, I always think that political correctness can be boiled down to just don't be a dick to people. And that's kind of the rule I try and live by. I thrive um, my life on being a dick to people. Well, though. fair enough. I mean, some, <laughs> some people some people succeed that way. I've never been able to. Um, and I, 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 I think it's good to be kind and respect people's preferences, so I'm going to respect someone's, someone's preference on gender identification and what they truly believe um, they identify as. Uh, that being said, I do think that there is a place for... Um, Growing up and being able to take criticism and a little bit of vulgarity never really hurt anyone. (laughs) And also, just to add on to that, I think that uh, criticism is not bad and harassment is bad. However, I think that oftentimes we only see uh, outcries when the elite are criticized and harassed as opposed to the oppressed people who no one really gives a crap whenever they are under attack. And so I, 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 I think that political correctness is fine to an extent. But to the extent that it stifles free speech, I will end up I'll I'll oppose it after it gets to that point. I can't imagine political correctness. I mean, especially in a day society, I mean it's not it's but I can't imagine a point where it doesn't stifle free speech because otherwise it goes back to what I'm for, which is yeah, don't I mean I, I joke, don't be a dick to people. I mean I mean or do it. But I mean <laughs> but like if if you do then don't demand that you're they can't say that because it's uh it, it hurts your feelings. I mean, I, I hate to make it sound so simple as that, but in a lot of cases, again, I'm going off a Tumblr post I see on my on I my also Facebook. hate Tumblr, so yeah, like, we're going to agree on in, hating Tumblr. They type in all caps, everything. That, and there's no punctuation on Tumblr. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, that's really fine. If you just dialed it down on the amount of all caps you did, uh, then uh, I'd, I'd, res- I'd, I'd respect it a little bit more. But um, no, uh, I just... I've seen it, and it's, it's prevalent on college campuses, um, whether you agree with it or not, uh, where they, they will, people will get offended by something, and freedom of speech is not freedom from being offended. 
I mean, to, to put it in perspective, whenever whenever I'm hanging out at, at my uh, dad's house in Hera, uh, sometimes we'll get on an app called Periscope where you live stream. <laughs> and uh, it's funny because we'll, we'll uh, get the guns out and kind of show them on video. And there's always every single, I mean, every single time, uh, there's always people who are like, wow, these guys are going to go shoot up a school or these guys are KKK. Is that not what you are? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I got I'm still waiting for my feedback on the, <laughs> from the KKK. You haven't gotten a minute of the clan yet? No. I'm, All right. I'm, but, uh, but uh, no, and, and instead of me going, oh, my God, these people just think I'm a white supremacist, uh, which anyone that knows me, uh, especially if they're not white, knows that I'm completely anything but that. I look at people as individuals, not a race. But uh, that means there's a bunch of stupid black people and stupid white people and stupid Asians, and there's also really cool everything else. Uh, but... Uh, Instead of me going, oh god, like I just I can't stand it. These people are these people are attacking me, and I'm just like, who who cares? Like if I I don't see why in today's society, I'm just gonna I've, I've been using the gender identification. Um, if you want to be a be a man and you're a woman, uh, that's fine. But if someone wants to say that's ridiculous, then you can go, okay, well screw you. I disagree. You don't know my life, but. The extent where it's going to now is uh, that is politically incorrect. They can't say that on campus. People are getting in trouble for it. Um, another example would be uh, oh, the American Sniper, which ended up being being viewed a really shitty movie. That movie's Sorry, awesome. I didn't see it. No, I'm, just, that movie's I'm, just, great. I'm prejudging it. No, I'm not even. I, I didn't even go in there like, oh, this is awesome because war. This no, it was it was a good movie. Um, in, in my opinion, well, you but, love war and dead people, so it's yeah, okay. absolutely. That's what I, that's why I thrive on. That's how America runs. But uh, no, but uh, see, but even like something like that, where where Alex can joke with me like that, and I'm like, I'm not. I'm not a fan. If you were to reverse, not reverse the roles, but if you were, if I was to approach that with the same attitude, I wouldn't be like, okay, Alex, we like pause the pause the recording. <laughs> like, that's not cool, man. I'm gonna. Well, okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna jump yeah. in here. Yeah. I think that there is, and I I I guess we're talking about political political correctness today. It's, that's fine. No, we let this come up organically. Wherever it goes, we're gonna roll with it. Word. My my thoughts on this thing though, when it comes to. Um, free speech and political correctness is that there is a limit when it comes to incite if if speech incites violence if speech incites harm on other people that is the line to where it is okay to restrain it to some extent free speech is valuable and wonderful but when you have uh you know the broadcasting of a kkk clan rally on um on tv and you have the inciting of violence mob violence people attacking the people because of quote, free speech, there is a line that can be crossed. That being said, I do think that there is something to be said for people having thick skin. You know, I'm not someone um, that's going to try and offend somebody uh, for my speech, but I've been offended a, a, a number of times, and I've moved past it. All this being said, though, it is important to understand our lenses and our perspectives in that Hunter and I are both uh, straight white males who are not exactly subject to very much criticism in today's society and it is easy for me and Hunter to um, argue that people should be more thick-skinned and more tough and not be pansies but if you are subject to constant harassment because of your gender identification or your sexual orientation um, you're gonna have a much different perspective and I'm gonna agree with you that there needs to be a line there because 
you know, who knows the consequences of certain speeches. If somebody commits suicide because they've been harassed and bullied, you know, how, how valuable is that free speech? Is that life a price worth paying? I don't think it is. Um, there's, there are consequences of certain speeches, uh, just like there are consequences of actions. And, of course, the line is sometimes ambiguous and hard to find, and we're still figuring that out. But Well, my, my problem with that thinking is, well, first off, going back to, because you talked about the Klan, if they were, uh, you know, doing some sort of march or whatever, and that could incite, uh, would you uh, be for censoring the Black Lives Matter movement? Because No. 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 Okay, but you see these videos, and I mean, they're they're clearly inciting violence when you see uh, people jumping on cop cars, when you see. Well, okay, so 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 I think that like 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 censoring is one thing, and I don't really know exactly what I would say, but okay. when I see people who are rioting because of in- injustices or what I think is an injustice, or definitely what they think is an injustice, my my response is rarely should we censor this or not. My response is normally. What situations are actually forcing these people to violence? I'm not going to support violent protests, okay. but it's important to look at the systematic um, actions that lead these people and make them feel that violence is their only outlet to get any attention. If there was civility, like the, we've pursued civility in all discourse in every single uh, kind of social movement, and it's rarely worked. The only times that we've had any actual success in social movements have most often been when there have been radicals who organize to some extent. And I'm not going to support violence because there are, you know, there are examples of successful peaceful protests such as the civil rights movement led by MLK and others in the 60s, well, and the that is movement. in the early. Yeah, late yeah, 1800s. yeah. But 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 the thing is like. When I see people, when I see the Black Lives Matter movement protesting, for example, that's a wonderful... They protested Bernie. That's a I'm sure you saw the clip. Yeah, but if you saw how Bernie responded, he responded much better than someone like Hillary Clinton, or who Trump. was a smartass to him and didn't actually listen to them. Or Bill, Bill Clinton, right. who yelled at them and said that they support, um, they support criminals, right? He said that a, a few months ago, right? So Bernie actually gave them the microphone and let them talk. But the point is that that like the whole Black Lives Matter movement is a wonderful. Well, he tried to. Yeah, it's, well, yeah, and it's it's it, it's a wonderful thing to talk about today, given that they did actually rule on the Freddie. You know, the, the judge put down yeah, the ruling on the Freddie Gray case, and the officer was not charged with any crimes. And I have right. not read enough into it to Me really neither. formulate an opinion. And I'm not a judge. And once again, when it comes to this week. It's, it's, it's hard for me to put myself in someone's shoes because I am not an African-American male who is subject to um, more scrutiny from the police. I've never been pulled over uh, for looking suspicious. I've never been shot for wearing a hoodie and having iced tea. And so I, I don't know exactly um, where to come. But, however, the, the, the point that I would say is that it's yeah. important for us to look at the situations surrounding violent protests and saying why does why do these people feel like this is their only outlet to get any attention and to make any movement um uh progress so. I mean, well okay it's interesting that you brought up um that uh oh just being pulled over for being black um well actually i'm gonna go back further you said systematic uh can you give me a systematic i'm not i'm not saying there aren't races in america of course there are uh, but a systematic institutionalized case where we target blacks we well, being america the okay, so government we didn't prepare for this podcast in terms of pulling up statistics however i would recommend yeah, sure. to you a um, book called the new jim crow by michelle alexander okay. which does actually talk about 
a like that there is systematic racism which within the criminal justice system there's an incredibly disproportionate number of African American males who are getting arrested and that, I, well, I, oh, I well agree. And, then, and then and then not just that but that if you look at the number of people who are forced to go to plea bargains and who and and go to jail as opposed to getting an actual court case because they don't have as much money to actually go to court um, I think that's something that needs to be looked at uh, but would you say that's lot. institutionalized because unless you're you, because if you're saying that, oh, I would have absolutely money. look at look at mandatory minimum sentencings. The the I don't have the the exact year sentencings, but uh, it is a fact that the mandatory minimum sentencings for crack cocaine are significantly higher than the mandatory minimum sentencings for powder cocaine. Crack cocaine is used disproportionately more by African Americans because it's cheaper. Yeah, but then I, I yeah I know, but the, and poverty the, among blacks is also yeah I know, but but like but the sentencing is higher when you look at powder cocaine. The sentencing is much lower, mandatory, and that is used overwhelmingly by more white people. What? So, okay, and I'm not saying that there are these people in cigar smoke filled rooms saying we are going to be <laughs> racist. Yeah. That might be the case. I don't know, but but <laughs> what I would say is that what what I would say is that the consequences of our laws have turned into uh, have, have had have had racist implications um, to some extent. Though, that's something I did want to transition into a little bit. Okay. Which is uh, my disdain for identity politics in this election versus um, class politics, right? Okay, what, what does that mean? I, I've never heard identity politics. Identity politics would be um, racial politics, uh, feminist politics versus politics of uh, the, class the lower class, middle class okay. versus the upper class. Sure. So I think that this is wonderfully displayed in Bernie versus Hillary uh, in the Democratic primary and a lot of the yep. attacks, I mean, on Bernie. So like, I'm not going to say that every person supporting Clinton is supporting her because she's a woman because that's not true. There are lots of people who actually support her because they like her policies. That's fine, whatever. But what I'm saying is that Identity politics are often employed um, as, a, as a means of uh, suppressing the actual class aspects of a situation. So I think would you would you go as far as to say that the government is using race to divide citizenry? Well, I wouldn't go as far as to, that, that the government is, is using race. What I would say is that the bourgeois establishment and political elites of America use race as a way to distract from class warfare, which I think is the much more pressing issue. Remember, I'm kind of a socialist, right. so I'm going to view class yeah, warfare you're, you're as much socialist. more pressing. You're, and so, yeah. well, and so, and so, I think that Flint, Michigan, is a wonderful example of this. The entire media narrative that's been spun has been that this is that Flint was ignored because. It is much more predominantly uh, full of racial minorities, and I understand that. However, it's not just because of that. The way I see it is much more because it's full of it's it's much more lower income. It's much more poor people, and that their needs are being ignored by the upper class. And I hesitate to use the phrase the one percent, but <laughs> but I would say that. And so and so, I think that the reason that I would support someone like Bernie is because he's much more talking about class politics. He's much more talking about. The collective of America and the middle and lower class, 99%, versus the needs of the top earning people. And that's much more attractive to me. And I think that's much more true um, when you look at um, actual situations in America. It's much less black versus white, male versus female, and much more about rich versus poor. Um, and people are going to disagree with me, and that's okay. But that's just the lens that I've come to see the world through. Uh, because I, you know, I read Marx uh, for fun. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, I don't, I don't really know where to where to go with that. Um, any question as far as how I view a certain thing? I, 
Well, sorry, I, I get what you were stating. I don't know where yeah. to. Well, I don't know. I, mean, I, 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 I wanted to say that because we were talking about the way people identify and we were talking well, about things like that. And so I think that identity politics are a means of distracting from the real issues, which is class struggle. Which, and two, we meet in the middle of the road there where I think identity politics uh, distracts from uh, the, what, the, what the, the injustices big government does. Um, that's kind of where we go on the, the fork yeah. in the road. Um, but, uh, I mean, it's, it's funny you bring up cla- – I mean, why don't you like the 1%? <laughs> why don't I like the 1%? Yeah, let me hear it. Okay. Well, because their continuing greed continues to send more wealth to them and less to the bottom. That's what I would say is that their resistance to the redistribution of wealth, their resistance well, to the closing of tax loopholes, their resistance well, to increase taxes to actually help the rest of America is what actually okay. keeps us in the hole. Um. Keeps us in the hole. We're the richest country in the world in terms of GDP. Yeah, but look at the poorest among us. They're still yeah. They're better off than more than freaking 70 percent of the world. The poorest are okay. That's fine. I mean, I'm not gonna. But like, I think, but, well, but no, to but say that a poor person point. living in Detroit has it good just because they have it better than someone earning fifty cents an hour you in know, Malaysia is about. a really skewed. Is a really skewed dichotomy. I'm not talking about uh, just someone in Malaysia, um, but uh, no. But you still you gotta get you gotta get. And I posted about it on Facebook a while back. You got to get a sense of proportion uh, when you have the poverty rate um, in the United States. What is it, ten thousand roughly for a single? Uh, That's a little higher than that, but yeah. Yeah. Also, the poverty rate is an arbitrary line, but you yeah. look at the average income uh, in U.S. dollars uh, in Europe, and it's only like I mean, Portugal. I, I want to say Portugal is fourteen thousand is their average income. I mean, you have people in. We're not talking. We're not talking about the Congo here. Yeah, but you know but, I mean? but, but but the thing is though, in these European countries that might have lower median incomes as a whole, what they do have though is an increased social safety net. So people who might be making less aren't going to go bankrupt if they get cancer and have to go to the hospital. Well, I mean, that's you know? a whole different issue. Yeah, no, no. If you want to talk about health, well, I agree I, that our system We'll save is that up. for another yeah, time. Absolutely. That's but a, what I'm saying though is that. Is that you, yeah? You can look at things proportionally, but at the same time, you also have to look at what they're not having to spend their money on, which is most likely college, and healthcare, and maternity leave, and all these things that are actually provided in European countries. Well, I mean, they're provide. I mean, look at Oklahoma and all that can be provided with sooner care for low-income families. Just because, uh, but but I want I want to go back to the the one percent. You, I forget what you said. Um, oh, greed, which I feel like everyone is greedy to an extent. I mean, what what's what's what makes uh, before Steve Jobs has? We'll just say Apple. I forget who the head CEO is now, but we'll say Steve Jobs. What made him so greedy? Because he was the one percent. Yeah, I mean, I mean what, what I'm, not, him... I'm not going to like say that specific people are, but what I'm saying is that through political influence, through campaign spending, they're able to haul. And I'm not talking about specific individuals, but I'm talking about people on Wall Street. I'm talking about. But let's get some people on. I mean, when you when you use generalized terms like people on Wall Street. Here's, yeah, here's but, but it's ridiculous to want me to cite specific names, uh, especially when we haven't done any specific preparation. Okay, fair but, enough. But, like, but what I'm saying, though, is that when you have resistance to and, – and, and, and you see their influence in the inability to raise taxes on the wealthy to points that we've actually thrived in, Ameri- That's why I'm gonna in American this, history. I'm going to take this moment to just say we should raise tax on no one across the board, not just the wealthy. But anyways, continue. We should raise taxes – Oh, um, wealthy, but no one else. But not the poor? No, absolutely not. The poor okay. already pay so much more of their income with the sales tax. The, the next, and, the next one we can, or the, our other topic will be uh, how you see GDP and average wage earnings slash when you cut the one or when you raise the one percent taxes because um, whenever you do that, 
uh, you'd be surprised, but usually they're the ones produce. I say that they're total jobs uh, in America as far as uh, oh income earners making over I forget some some millions uh, is roughly twenty percent. But uh, but nonetheless, uh, you see a sharp trend when you uh, raise the taxes just on the one percent, and you see it you see it with the poor as well. Really, anyone uh, in terms of GDP loss and growth as a nation in general. Um, you hear that? Our yeah. next podcast is going to be about taxes. Yeah. That's sexy. Yeah, that's hot. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, okay, well, look, let's yeah, let's close this out with talking about who we're going to probably end up voting for in November. Let's do it because it's going to be painful for both of us probably. Yeah, absolutely. But except so, the State of the Union, if Trump wins, the State of the Union addresses. Are gonna be awesome. Hey, well, watch out. Trump's probably gonna win, right? Yeah, like, no. I'm not even gonna lie. Okay, you but, say that. I'm not. It's it's funny that you say that because the uh, the attitude I had going in was if Trump is elected, we are the we being the Republican Party are done for. And I think you're gonna lose. You you have you've seen that a lot of Republicans have switched to the Libertarian Party. Um, Gary Johnson. Yeah, Gary Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> Triathlon star, whatever the heck. You see the John video? McAfee, I made an antivirus <laughs> yeah. software. But, uh, but, uh, no, um, well, okay, so, like, I think that the Republican Party might have to have, do some soul searching and figure stuff out. However, I'm not gonna lie, if, if Trump became president, I don't think much would happen. No, because like, much of it, and, like, 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 I think it'd just be a lot of hot air that's yelled from a bully pulpit. But I honestly think that, like, he would just, like, be there, and he would say a lot of stuff that made us an international embarrassment. But in terms of actual policy, it would just kind of, like, nothing would happen. And, like, that's weird for me to say because I oppose Donald Trump because of his character and what he says about minorities and women and anyone who isn't just like him. Um, but, <laughs> but at the same time, like, I just don't think much would happen. And, of course... I'm coming from a privileged perspective of a white male. Oh God! Who, who listen? Oh gee! Listen, listen. Who, <laughs> whose whose hide is not at stake when he talks about a Muslim ban, right? Like, or when he talks about like a, a number of uh, you oh, know, I'll like, tell you like building stake. a big wall. No, I'm not about that. I'm, you I'm, want to talk about who's at stake? Talk about the girl who wants some rights over in Iraq and gets freaking stoned for it. Look, you, <laughs> we can talk about that later. But, <laughs> but, but but what I'm saying though, ultimately, is that. Is that That's like a, is that like Trump has never talked any bad on me, right? And he's never incited violence against me. For example, whenever a couple of his protesters beat the shit out of a Mexican guy, right? And he's like, "Oh, well, my supporters are very enthusiastic, right?" Like, so like it's 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 not my height at stake. All that being said, I think that Trump would just kind of like be there and like nothing would happen. Um, and he's probably gonna win. I'm not gonna vote for him, but he's probably gonna win just because. You know, nothing can be predictable in this election. Yeah, I really don't know if he'll... everybody got everything wrong except yeah. for some some far except out there. Trump. Well, except for some far <laughs> out there like comedian pundits yeah. who actually called Donald Trump winning the nomination, and the mainstream media got it wrong. Okay, which is wonderful. But anyway, Hunter, who are you going to vote for most likely? Um, no, I'm, I've, I've decided I'm going to end up voting for Trump. Um, and not to get into thump, this, thump, 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 thump. but yeah, choo choo, more like. <laughs> <laughs> move over. No, uh, for y'all, for y'all listening, uh, my family, all five of you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, thanks, Dad. Uh, <laughs> my uh, my family really comes from a, a very far right wing background, and uh, me and me and there are swastikas at their houses. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, uh, <laughs> there's too many. There's so many Nazi dude. I'll tell you, you know how many environmental acts the Nazi party put in Germany? <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying. If we're gonna, but, <laughs> but, 
No, I'm serious. That was Christian. He's my brother, and he's also liberal, but he's not talking right now. Yeah, no, the EPA has more as far as the actual uh, policy they want through in line with Hitler than uh, than I do. Okay, uh, that's a faux pas, though. Continue. That You used a big word. But, uh, <laughs> no, uh, but uh, no, in no way whatsoever am I a racist. Um, I, I know you're not. I don't think Trump is. Well, I know, but I just want to get that out there. I know that's that's such a... I'm not going to make a point as to why I'm not a racist, because, again, going back to you our... you got original, black friends, dude. We yeah, exactly. like, <laughs> no, I, I really don't care. If you think I'm a racist, then you're an idiot, or you don't know me. But, um, but no, um, um, yeah, that's, I mean, that, that was where I was going. Uh, if I was to so, bring so, up what so, I was going to so, say... So why are you going to vote for Trump? I'll vote for Trump because, going back to... Um, there is a point to be made about his outright um, stance against political correctness. Um, I'm not coming from a bitter place with that, whereas Trump seems like he's kind of just a guy who got bullied and now has a lot of money and now he can do it. Well, he's yeah. got small hands, so... But, um... Okay, well, anyways, Christian. Uh, we'll edit that out. But uh, Christian's watching the Cubs. They Christian's watching the Cubs game. I'm pretty mad about that also. But, uh... But, no, um... Both, and, and again, not to get started on another topic, but um, originally his proposed uh, Muslim ban as, until they we get our stuff right as far as uh, screening Syrian refugees. Uh, but that's a, like you said. Yeah, just wait till next for, week. We'll get on to that. I'm, oh, a, please I'm a religious studies major. Yeah, I got a lot great. to say about this. A religious mo- studies major versus someone who reads history books. But anyways. All right. <laughs> All right. Whatever. But, uh, but uh, no, and, and the news. Uh, but again, I, I didn't want to, that, that, those are my two main reasons, but to reiterate what I said in the beginning, I, I've already seen him going back. And I don't know if it's because he's appealing to the more moderate voter base or what. That's or exactly what's happening. Well, let's see, but with Trump, you don't know because he really does flip-flop everywhere. Which is what's amazing about it. It's but, so no, much fun to watch. It's terrible, but it's so yeah, much fun to watch. Hey, no, seriously. Uh, I don't know if when he's elected, he'll go through with uh, with that. But, um, but again, that'll be something. And Hillary, I can't find anything I like about her. Um Bill's Bill seems like a cool guy to kind of kind of drink a beer with. But. Absolutely, smoke some stogies. Yeah, but, but other than some smooth jazz, he plays in the saxophone. Keep your daughters that sly away from silver him. fox. But uh, yeah, but uh, but no, those are my those are my two main reasons. Right, that's fair enough. So well, what about you with Bernie? Uh it's so or hard. Hillary, you because know, I've been all right. So for, like, so like, I'm all for Bernie, but I would not identify as the quote Bernie or bust movement. Um, <laughs> so. I think that the lesser of two evils is a terrible reason for me to vote for Hillary Clinton. But come November, that's probably going to happen. I'm probably going to hold my nose and do it for a number of reasons. One, uh, Jill Stein of the Green Party is probably not going to be on the ballot in Oklahoma, um, where I live, for people who wouldn't know, which is surprising because pro- a- a- everyone listening probably knows me personally. But So there's that. And number two, Bernie's, I mean, Bernie's not going to win the nomination, which is a bummer, but it's 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 not gonna happen. So I'm gonna end up voting for Hillary Clinton. Um because I think that like I don't support the quote incrementalist view that we can just slowly get stuff done and it'll eventually be good because that's never really worked. Um but at the same time I yeah, don't we have the same idea uh, yeah, as far as revolution. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but but I don't want Trump to win. But also I have this incredible knowledge that um, my vote doesn't really matter in Oklahoma. I could write in Ralph Nader, who I love more than life itself, um, but like, it doesn't matter because Trump's going to win Oklahoma in November. It doesn't matter who I vote for, but I'll probably vote for Clinton just to be able to say, well, just because that's my only other option, and I'm going to vote. Jill Stein's not going to be on the ballot. 
there are any other third-party candidates that are either going to be on the ballot or that I'm going to vote for. So it's going to happen. It's going to be an election that neither Hunter or I are going to be super into once the primaries are finally over. I've really enjoyed watching Bernie rise from a nobody to a big player in Democratic politics. You know, just today they released that he has five people on um, certain committees uh, for the Democratic National Convention, and he's going to make, and those people are going to have some big changes. He's going to get some big policy concessions, and that's great. Um, and I think that uh, the Bernie movement will continue beyond him, and that's what the mainstream media doesn't understand about the people who support Bernie Sanders, is that we're not supporting him because of who he is. We're supporting him because of what he stands for, and a movement will follow, and I'll say watch you, out for it. But. Do you want to hear my honest thought? And I mean, this could be, I could be completely proven wrong on this here in the next few years. Yeah. Uh, and I'm just going to say it in the basic, just most simple way I can think of. I think that once these people, uh, that mainly the younger voters that are in college right now and don't have a taste of the real world, get out and realize oh, what it's... come what, on. No, I know. I know. Seriously. Don't uh, say that. But I really do... Uh, I do think that... But that... Well, you know, I say that. I'm not sure. I, 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 would, I would bet that, but it's more like a 60-40. Politics does not change once you get into the real world. Politics is... I disagree. I politics is generational, and it's easy to see that, and that my parents' generation overwhelmingly conservative in most parts of the country. My generation Reagan brought is, the greatest economic plus and, or well, boom whatever. Yeah, Reagan lowered <laughs> Reagan lowered the poverty uh, like the number of people in poverty by raising the poverty line, okay, like arbitrarily. Okay, but but like, but like we'll get there. We'll get there. Oh, hang on. I know. Okay, all right, all right, all right. I don't like Ronald Reagan, which 19, is probably obvious. 1980 to uh, to uh, 1989 uh, the uh, Per capita income doubled from uh, nine seven thousand to fourteen thousand. Really easy to see whenever the income of the rich increases so much more at a higher rate than the wages that stagnated but, starting in the eighties. But and with and with the Reagan stopped enforcing the Sherman Antitrust Act in the eighties, which thank of God. course okay we'll we'll get there later. But the point is that but but the point is yeah, that we'll get there later. That led to the demise of small business, which conservatives say they love. Okay. Oh yeah, it but, killed small businesses. Okay, but we're gonna get there. That was sarcasm. Yeah. Realistic. We're gonna get we'll there. We'll get there. So all we've come up with today is that Hunter and I agree on some things. Yeah. And then we disagree. But that's because we both are fed up with establishment politics. Absolutely. And we're both on the fringes of our ideologies. I think. Um, yeah, completely. I mean, yeah. honest, I mean, I'm not an anarchist by any means. Uh, although that's a, even then, that's not. Uh, there's left wing anarchists uh, the it's way they true. want to go about stuff. But uh, no, one one of the things that uh, I do want to get out as far as this isn't necessarily political, but what what our goal is kind of was this that me and Alex talked about was uh, the fact that in in politics today you have these people really just beating. They're either beating around the bush where it's just annoying. Or they're just being a-holes. Uh, I say a-holes because I probably have family members listening to this. I do too, but, but uh, I didn't censor myself. But, uh, but, uh, Aunt Jenny's going to get on me. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, Aunt Jenny's the only one I have in mind. Aunt Jenny's going to call the whole family. But, uh, but no. Uh, uh, but at the same time, we're also, we're, we're passionate about what we believe in, but we don't talk over each other. We're not calling each other names to the point. We want this to be a place where, where you can look and go, okay, these guys are actually saying what I'm thinking and at the same time not just arguing and hitting each other over the head because uh, just having a shouting battle. But It's true. Yeah. So I hope you enjoyed the first episode of Conflicting Cousins. Yeah. We'll probably make more because I have nothing else to do this summer. <laughs> yeah, um, <we're... laughs> So we're going to sign off now. Sign off. Uh, thanks for listening, all ten of you. 
Oh, it doubled. It doubled it, halfway through. It doubled. We'll <laughs> they see. They told their friends. We'll see. Yeah, tell your friends about us because we're a hoot and a holler. <laughs> let me tell you. Um, hope you enjoyed our, <laughs> our, our, our ranting. Signing off. Thanks for listening. I'm Alex. All right, and I'm Hunter Sims.